Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Northern Kentucky Spotlight Podcast. I'm your host, Sarah Brookbank. We have a great episode today with two special guests. We will be joined by J.R. Cassidy, the Music and Executive Director of the Kentucky Symphony Orchestra, and Nancy Grayson, President and CEO of Horizon Community Funds of Northern Kentucky. Thank you to our podcast sponsors, CBG, our title sponsor, C-Crew Consulting, our digital sponsor, and our episode sponsors, Haran and Harlan Bank. Like I said, J.R. Cassidy of KSO will be joining us to talk about what's coming up this season and the importance of community for KSO's mission. Nancy Grayson will be joining us to talk about the 2022 Horizon Award recipient, which will be given out at this year's annual dinner. I know I've been talking about annual dinner a lot, but I'm going to continue to do so. Annual dinner presented by Fifth Third Bank will take place on September 15th. And this year, the theme is Destination NKY. The Northern Kentucky metro region, as part of both Greater Cincinnati and the Commonwealth of Kentucky, is a unique destination to live, work, play, learn, and give back. It's a great time to be living and working in the Northern Kentucky metro region, and we are inviting everyone to join us in the celebration of both the past year's successes and the coming year's opportunities. The highlight of annual dinner, as always, is the presentation of awards to individuals and organizations that are making an impact on the Northern Kentucky metro region. You can learn more and register for this event at nkychamber.com slash annual dinner. Like I said multiple times, this is typically a sellout event, so please be sure to get your tickets as soon as you can. You won't want to miss out on this great opportunity to network and celebrate Northern Kentucky. Now, let's go hear from our sponsors, meet our members of the week, and I'll meet you guys back here with JR and Nancy. CBG Airport is the lowest fare airport in the tri-state region with 54 nonstop flights and direct international service to seven destinations, including Paris, France, and now home to both DHLs and Amazon's global cargo hubs. The airport is furthering its position as leader in aviation and is deeply committed to being an economic driver for the community. You can learn more and start your next adventure at CBGAirport.com. Ranking on Google Search and Maps is easy to understand, but hard to do. It requires constant effort and attention, uploading new photos, responding to Google reviews, writing weekly posts, and checking suggested updates. Google listing optimization takes experience and time, and there are no shortcuts. C-Crew gives your Google My Business account the steady, consistent attention it needs to be effective, optimizing, updating, and expanding critical content every single week. From local retail stores to large regional networks, C-Crew generates content, establishes benchmarks, and creates dramatic measurable increases in engagement. So what can C-Crew do for your business? More calls, more clicks, more clients. Congratulations to our members of the week. You can learn more about these businesses by following the Northern Kentucky Chamber on social media, where we will highlight one of these businesses each day. Now, let's meet our members of the week. Heartland Bank is a community bank proudly serving clients in Northern Kentucky and Ohio. Regal Rexnord is a global leader in the engineering and manufacturing of electric motors and controls, power generation products, and power transmission components. Duke Energy of Ohio and Kentucky provides electric service to about 800,000 residential, commercial, and industrial customers and natural gas service to approximately 500,000 customers. A new winning legacy begins at Turfway Park Racing and Gaming as they celebrate their grand opening on September 1st. Owen Electric Cooperative is a not-for-profit, member-owned electric cooperative that has been active in Northern Kentucky for more than 85 years. 
Hi, everyone. I am joined by J.R. Cassidy of the Kentucky Symphony Orchestra. Thank you so much for joining the podcast today. Well, thank you. Yes, and so you are music and executive director. Yes. You run the show. You founded this many years ago. I did. Uh, so tell us about KSO um, for those of us in the community who might not be as connected as some of us are. Well, I, I started the KSO in uh, the summer of 1992 we got the ball rolling and then we opened our doors and played our first performance on november 21st 1992 so we're coming up on the 30-year birthday but our start of our 31st season and uh it was all the idea of how about how do we create an orchestra that's different than other orchestras in the area and and really kind of identifies with our community and is there for our community and the residents that live there. And so to that end, we said let's let's make our mission. Let's make the the KSO and the and the you know the orchestra and then the concert experience attractive, accessible, and affordable uh, for just everybody. And people thought that that was a little crazy, but uh, it, you know, 30 years later, it's still going strong. We don't run deficits, and you know, it all works. Yeah, and that is incredible that you guys have been such a staple in the community for so long. I know we kind of talked about that before the interview started, uh, but one of the exciting things you guys have coming up is the pack is back the end of your summer series. Right. This is the end of our 28th summer series that we started in Dubuque Park in 1995. I believe it was, and um, and we, you know, we're just having a great time. You know, we love going out there because all the people, you know, kids are rolling down the hills in the Vue Park, and and you know, people come out in their blankets and their lawn chairs and their picnics and the like, and it, it's just it just feels something like something traditional, and it is because you know that band show there is eighty three years old this year, and the idea that people have been coming there for that long to be entertained or just for some culture or whatever, but it's just an opportunity to gather, to gather as neighbors and family, multiple generations and everything else. And, 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 and it's free, you know, it doesn't cost you anything, although, you know, we do take donations and it helps <laughs> a lot, trust me. Uh, but uh, it, it's something that we always look forward to in the summer and uh, just because it's, it's really meeting the community where they are. Yeah, and every everybody can come, and even if, even if that symphony doesn't seem to be their bag, they come and they realize, wow, this doesn't seem like a symphony. <laughs> it's because we do so much such a range of programming. So, anyway, yeah, we've been uh, we we have the the pack is back is coming. We have our own local rat pack of you know Frank Sinatra, Dean Martin, Sammy Davis Jr. And uh, these guys are great. It's uh, Dan Redank uh, as Frank and Mickey James as, as Dean and Corey Tucker as, as Sammy. And uh, they actually do a killer job with all the banter, you know, and picking up, you know, ribbing each other as they, they do different songs and the like. And we're doing, oh, geez, uh, like 22 tunes, uh, you know, of the great arrangements, original arrangements that you heard on the records and, and the television shows and everything else. And uh, so that's going to be our, the end of our, our, our season. But we're also, we've, in the last couple of years, we've picked up Tower Park in Fort Thomas. Right. So we do uh, our Saturday evenings at 7.30 in Davout Park and then Sunday evenings at 7.30 in Tower Park. So this will be September 3rd and 4th. Uh, in Davout and Tower, respectively, and uh, if, you know, the Rat Pack, you know, the, the whole songs of Sinatra and everything 
are very universal in their appeal. And so this gets the chance for all families to get together and grandma and grandpa and everybody to just sit back and kick back and, and be a, get a little nostalgic because uh, the music was great. It was fun. And uh, it just, you know, made everybody feel. Yeah, that is awesome. And you've mentioned kids a couple of times. Mm -hmm. One of the things that KSO also does, you guys perform at schools and you guys are in your 28th year of doing that as well. So with the school year starting, what's coming up for you guys on that front? We, you know, there, for, when we first started this, the, the whole idea was, number one, we wanted to bring as many schools together as possible. And so the schools do bus in, but it doesn't cost them a dime mm -hmm. to for the students or the schools or, or teachers or anybody to, to attend these. And uh, the thought was, is what do children need in order to, when they grow up, you know, to, to even consider coming to see a, a symphony orchestra? They need to know something about the instruments of the orchestra. And to that, we do our program called Getting to Know You. And it's about the instruments of the orchestra and how they play individually, how they produce a sound, how they work together in families, and then as the whole orchestra. And we dissect this in within the concert and, uh, and, and, and do that. Then they need to know something about the history of the orchestra. And so we run from, from Handel and Bach all the way to John Williams and everything else. And we take them through times when, you know, Duke Energy wasn't around to supply the lights. And everybody had to go by candlelight. So the musicians play by candlelight and they do, they do different things. And so they're actually learning all of the, these things. But it, what's great is at the end of every concert, we have a question and answer session. And any kid can raise his hand in that audience and a microphone goes right to them and they can ask anybody on stage a question, whether it's about the instrument or it's about the music that we're playing and the like. And they get direct feedback uh, to their questions right there, mm -hmm. and uh, and something that nobody really does, you know. And we've been doing that for 28 years, also. So we, we've always thought that the schools and the teachers uh, and needed some kind of a supplement uh, to help, you know, help their music, you know, curriculum along. And so we've been offering this, and we just think that it's a very important part of the of the whole deal. And you know, school we've we've had. Uh, this is 150. I can't remember the exact number. It's over 150,000 kids attend. Wow. Uh, we've also uh, had uh, 257 schools, uh, individual schools, attend over the years. Uh, so we're we're seeing Greater Cincinnati and Northern Kentucky, of course, and then even out into further counties, Bracken County and every, every place else. So it's great that, that these kids get to come and we get to meet them and, um, you know, musicians will go out and talk to them. I mean, it's, it's, it's a real friendly, um, you know, not, not this bubble, you know, like mm -hmm. they're, they're, they're further, far away from the thing. They actually have get to interact yeah. uh, with the musicians. Really immersive. One of the things that we talked about a little bit before is that idea of KSO and the community and that you guys have been in the community for decades at this point and really trying to be accessible. We talked about that idea that sometimes arts can kind of feel like there's that bubble. Why was that such a priority for you? Well, I, I wanted, again, I thought in starting out and, and, and continuing, we needed to differentiate ourselves from what, we, what other orchestras, traditional orchestras do. 
and we needed to do a fresh in our presentation. We need to look at what we're playing and say, we don't have to just, you know, reflect what other orchestras do. We can go out and find things that haven't been done in this community before, or, or not only just North Kentucky, but greater Cincinnati. And, and bring in artists that were, were new and different, or ideas. I mean, we were the first ones to bring in the talkie movies. You know, the Cincinnati Symphony does movies with, with orchestra all the time now, but we were the first to do it, you know? Uh, we brought in The Sound of Music in 2007 or something like that, and the company, you know, uh, the Tin Man and, and mm -hmm. Dorothy and everybody as they sang you know, those big songs and the like. So, I mean, Doing things, and we're, we're kind of interested in being the first to do them. We're kind of interested in doing things that are haven't been here before, uh, whether that's classical music or stuff. We've 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 made we've done uh, we've done world premieres of of music here. Uh, we've done U.S. premieres of music by Johann Strauss. We've done and, and other Baroque composers where they've never been performed in the United States before. So we're proud of the fact that that artistically we're we're, we're doing we're raising the bar, uh, and and in terms of meeting people, we're exposing people to to a, a variety of things. And you know we have subsidiary groups that we've developed over the years. We have the Newport Ragtime Band, the Floodwell Jazz Quintet, the Boogie Band, the the Queso Combo, the De Voodoo Daddies. You know, all these specialize in music that is actually American, but it's different genres and, you know, a lot of jazz and different types of things that are in there and popular music, country music, you know, R&B, whatever. But you, when you go to the symphony and all of a sudden you, you hear something that you weren't expecting, mm -hmm. that's what the KSO is. And that's why we still have people that just, you know, continue to come and some you know, we have a, a very few musicians that are, were with us on that first night that we played, and we have some subscribers that are still there. Now, we've all gotten old, or, you know, 30 <laughs> years older, but we're still there doing it, and we're still in, in, having a good time uh, enjoying, enjoying the music and, and making it something that... that uh, the one thing, too, that, that I always feel that is important is people know more when they come, or no, they come, and when they leave the concert, they know more about the music, the composer, what we do, and what how we do it, than they did before we came, they came. Mm -hmm. So every every for for whatever reason, you're going to pick up whether it's trivial or not. You're going to pick up some type of information that you didn't get by just going because we talk to the audience, mm -hmm. we, we we interact. And you know sometimes we ask the audience to participate, so it's it's um, it's 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 always been different, and it continues to be. Yeah, and going and looking forward to the future. You guys are about to start your thirty first season, and you guys have um, a subscription series as well. Touch on that. Um, what's coming up for you guys? We yes, we you know we always try to do things that. You know, sometimes we, you know, it's like, okay, we have to do the classical stuff too. You know, I mean, it's not that we're just all doing new music or anything. No, that would that that, that would scare me too. But 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 you know, how do you how do you uh, make that across the five program subscription series? And it's 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 interesting. So we're opening this this uh, season with a musical debate, 
and we're staging it kind of like as if it were a political debate, but with music. And it's between Brahms and, and Wagner, and, and they both, there was a school of thought back then uh, where you know Brahms thought that everything has to come from Beethoven, but in the same types of forms that we do, and we just, we just continually evolve, but it evolved those forms. Wagner said, ah, heck with the forms, we're changing all the forms, we're gonna, and now we're gonna make it really hard, complex, and we're gonna take harmony and do everything differently. And it was really two different schools of thought back in the 19th century. So, you know, musicians, composers, audiences followed, followed the two different camps. So I thought, oh, this is perfect. We're coming up on an election. Let's stage this. And so people are going to have their Brahms buttons and their Wagner buttons and signs and everything else. And we're going to do, you know, flip-flop each piece. And then, the, then each composer gets closing statements, very short, brief closing statements. And then we're going to survey the audience and find out who won. Well, that sounds exciting. <laughs> well, I mean, it's, it's a way to take classical music and make it fun and make it relevant yeah. to, to what we are today. And, to, you know, to get people to think about it and listen a little closer. You know, so it, it's something different. Then from there, we go to, we go to something we call an, an orchestral puzzler. And it's, it's Frank Zappa, David Bowie, and Philip Glass. And people don't realize that, that uh, Frank Zappa wrote symphonic music. And uh, so we're doing some of the last things that he ever wrote uh, and, and, and performed and, and doing, doing those, those uh, interspersed with David Bowie's music that he wrote. And then he went, got with Philip Glass and Philip Glass cr created symphonic, well, two symphonies based on his Lowe's album and his Heroes album. And we're taking two movements of those and interspersing those with Zappa. And uh, it's, it's, it's a very, very unusual program. But here you're getting to hear people that you think of rock music and kind of, you know, satire and, you know, anti-establishment you know, music of, of Zappa. And then the David Bowie glam rock, you know, uh, of, and then mushing that together via Philip Glass and, and, and these other things. And who knows what we're going to get? It's going to it's going to be very very different, uh, you know, with titles like you know, uh, a Pentagon Afternoon or whatever. I mean, just very very strange, strange strange titles, but in subterraneans and things like that. And then we do uh, in January we go to uh, three ballet scores uh, by uh, Aaron Copland, William Grant Still, and African American composers, and, and Spaniard uh, Manuel Defaya. We have the, uh, the Young Professionals Choral Collective coming over to sing with us for those. And that should be uh, kind of fun and different. And then uh, we go do a whole classical show called They're Great, taking from Tony the Tiger, because we're doing Schubert's Ninth, which is called The Great Symphony, but we're also doing Mozart and Rossini. And then those, the, all, and all of those concerts are at Northern Kentucky University at Greece Concert Hall. Uh, all start at 7.30. But... Um, then we end our season with uh, taking our, our, our the Voodoo Daddies group and augmenting it a little bit, to changing it around a little bit, to do both the swing revival of the 1990s and electro swing of 2020s. Oh. So, and, and what that is, is that has hip hop infused into swing. And it's a very, I mean, it's, it, it, for older people, that sounds hideous. 
It's actually not bad. You're going to have to trust me on this one. It's still swing. It's still swing, but it's very, very different. And with the swing revival, and so it'll be kind of back and forth between those two types of music. And that's going to be, you're going to be able to dance to it because it's going to be at the Newport Carnival. Yeah, well, that sounds so exciting. It sounds like you guys have so much going on. Obviously, you're working very hard to keep things very fresh in your 31st season. Yes, I mean, I mean, and this is different. Every season is different. Every summer is different. You know, and and uh, you know, it's it's, it's going to be fun. So uh, we we're, we're looking forward to seeing the kids in, in September. You know, coming to we're actually holding that at uh, Seven Hills Church mm -hmm. out in Florence. Uh, they're a great team to work with out there. And, and what's great is we live stream. And we live stream everything. We live stream our summer concerts. We live stream kids' concerts. And those kids' concerts are picked up in Texas and all, all across the place. So we're getting the Northern Kentucky name out. And then certainly our, our subscription concerts. And so, you know, when we're, we're picked up in France and New Zealand and everything else now, I mean, we're, we're really spreading the Northern Kentucky name out. Yeah, and that is such an incredible thing to have you guys in our corner, in our neighborhoods, and out in our community. JR, before I let you go, um, is there anything else that you want to share with our podcast viewers and listeners today? You know, the, the outside of the, the summer series, which everybody knows it's at Davu and now Tower, uh, we've been looking for, you know, we've been hoping for years for uh, Northern Kentucky to, you know, build that performing arts center, that theater that is public. You know, I mean, we have a lot of school auditoriums like at Northern and, you know, and there's churches like, uh, you know, Seven Hills and stuff like that. But there's there's no place where people can go and get culture and entertainment together under the roof, you know, in, in you know, in the late fall and through spring uh, in, in those months before we go outside. And uh, so we've, we've constantly been looking, but. You know, we can bemoan the fact that we don't have one of those and that we're the only met large, met we're the largest metropolitan uh, population in the United States that does not have one of those types of facilities. But we are in our community. So the Kentucky Symphony Orchestra really kind of takes that lack of, of, a, of a space of where we would just plant a flag and say, hey, this is where we are. Mm -hmm. And we are out into the community whether you know, it's at churches or schools or universities, wherever we are, we, we figure out a way to bring music to uh, you know, the masses and, and to each county, really, in Northern Kentucky. Yeah, well, it's so incredible to be able to talk with you about this upcoming season. Uh, I know I'm excited to grab some tickets before uh, the season starts, but JR, thank you so much for your thank time you. today. Thank you, I really appreciate it. it. Thank you, Sarah. Hi, everyone. I am joined by Nancy Grayson, President and CEO of Horizon Community Funds of Northern Kentucky. Nancy, thank you so much for joining the podcast. Thank you so much for having me here. I know it's been a while since we had you on, but we are back again to talk about annual dinner on September 15th, and we are going to talk about the Horizon Award recipient for this year. So excited to be presenting this this year and uh, really excited for the event itself. It's one of the best uh, networking events in the region and we're excited to honor all of the different uh, awardees this year. So uh, let's talk about the Horizon Award specifically. Tell us about the award and why it's given. So uh, Horizon Community Funds of Northern Kentucky created this award. We really wanted to honor those people who had made extraordinary contributions, who'd gone above and beyond um, the average person when they're giving back 
to our Northern Kentucky community. Um, these are folks who've been extremely dedicated to the community, um, who've given a lot of service, which could be time, talent, or treasure, making sure that they're uh, promoting the common good of our Northern Kentucky community. So we really want to honor these folks and let others know about the, the good work that they've been doing. Yes. So tell us about our 2022 recipient. We are thrilled to be presenting the award this year to Leo Calderon. Uh, Leo is no stranger to many of the Northern Kentucky community. He um, is someone who most recently in 2019 helped to launch um, Esperanza Latino Center in Northern Kentucky. And this was in partnership with the city of Covington and the Northern Kentucky Justice and Peace Committee. And so really trying to help serve um, many of our region's growing Latino immigrant community. So it's something that um, I know was a much needed support for a very specific community that continues to grow in Northern Kentucky. Um, and really, this is just a continuation of the leadership that he's had for um, many decades. Uh, he had a long tenure at Northern Kentucky University, actually for 36 years as um, the director of the Latino Programs and Services. And he also has been very involved on many different boards, even on the statewide Board of Education. Uh, he also has served on the board of the National Underground uh, Railroad Freedom Center and the Red Cross, just to name a few. Um, but he's, he's really just been this dedicated servant to the community and a quiet leader, but someone we really wanted to honor and recognize for the many, many great things that he's done for Northern Kentucky. Yeah, and it is so great that we are going to get to honor him at annual dinner. I know you kind of touched on uh, some of the reasons why uh, you guys chose him, but th was there anything in particular that stood out to you guys that you said, this is the year that we have to do it? I think for us, we're seeing this uh, growing population of um, folks maybe who are either immigrating into the community, um, who are raising their families here, who in the past may not have had the, the natural connection to different resources. And so this was a gap that I think Leo and other community members saw as an opportunity to help support that Hispanic Latino community and make them feel more welcome, make sure that they are able to live, work, and thrive here in our Northern Kentucky community. And so for us to recognize that, especially coming out of a pandemic, um, a lot of uh, resources that even our uh, pandemic relief fund provided went directly uh, to Esperanza to help that particular community. So we just wanted to lift that up as something that in recent years was really filling a much needed space. And also just for the long um, work that he's just spent dedicated to our community overall. Yes, and it is so great. Congratulations to Leo. I am so excited that we will get to celebrate that. Uh, pivoting a little bit, let's talk more about Horizon Community Funds. What are you guys getting into right now? What are you guys looking forward to uh, this fiscal year and into next year? So Horizon Community Funds, as many of you know, is a community foundation. We're a public charity that's focused on providing financial resources uh, for the local needs in Northern Kentucky. And, um, you know, coming out of the pandemic, we're seeing a lot of need in the mental health space. We're seeing a lot of conversation in affordable and attainable housing. Um, education is going to be something we'll be spending a lot of time on in the coming years, just with the pandemic slide, really helping youth who've fallen behind. So really listening to what the community 
needs is something that is at the core of what we do and really rallying the community around uh, providing those financial resources to help lift all of uh, the folks that are in our Northern Kentucky community so that they have a, a prosperous life and they're thriving. Um, more specifically, I'm excited for the community to be engaged in an upcoming event called the Northern Kentucky Philanthropy Symposium. We had to postpone that and eventually cancel it during the pandemic just for health precautions, but it is back this year on September the 27th. Uh, the Chamber is one of our partners. We'll be discussing equity, health, education, workforce, talent pipeline, and then honoring a bunch of our amazing nonprofit leaders at a, an awards luncheon. So it's a jam-packed filled morning, and we're really excited uh, to be presenting that again this year. So we'll, we'll be sending information out to the community so that they can get involved. But one of my favorite parts of, of my role is to be able to listen to what the needs are and connect those who have a passion of helping others. So much like Leo stepping up in that role, um, it's something that Horizon enjoys doing as well. So a lot of uh, growth and momentum, I think, in our 1NK Rye region, and we're really excited to be part of that. Yes. Well, thank you so much for sharing that. That sounds like an incredible event. It's going to be right after annual dinner. So we got yes. a big September coming up. But Nancy, uh, thank you so much for your time. Is there anything else before I let you go that you want to share with the podcast listeners and viewers? Oh, too? Thanks so much, Sarah. We're, we're excited to be part of the community and I'm looking forward to Blank coming up as well. So we've, we've got a lot of really great things on, on, on the horizon, <laughs> that not being putty, but being serious that uh, we're really excited to be part of our one in Kauai region. Thank you. Well, Nancy, thank you again uh, for your time. And uh, I really appreciate your time today. Thanks so much. Take care. Hi, I'm Shannon Schumacher, Account Executive, Kentucky Market Leader. At Haran, we champion bold innovation to help employers and individuals thrive. As an industry thought leader, we explore new horizons in healthcare, benefits, employee engagement, and wellness. We work harder to deliver all the strategic benefits, planning, and execution you expect from a true partner. And we do it with laser focus on your short and long-term outcomes to help manage your benefits while improving your employee experience. So Heartland is celebrating its 110th anniversary this year. Recently, we partnered with the Kinkle family and the Fisher family in Northern Kentucky, Boone, Kenton, and Campbell counties. And we have three uh, offices there to serve the Northern Kentucky region. Just remember, when the economy heats up, come see us at Heartland Bank, where banking really feels good. Come on over to Heartland, where banking feels good. Welcome back, everyone. I hope you took away some little nuggets of knowledge from those conversations with Nancy and with JR. It was really fun to get to hear more about the KSO mission and all of the things that they're doing in the coming year. Like I said, I think I will probably be getting tickets. It sounds like a blast. Thank you again to our podcast sponsors, CVG, Crew Consulting, Haran, and Heartland Bank. Don't forget to get your tickets to annual dinner coming up on September 15th. You won't want to miss that opportunity. And finally, if you are a member who would like to be featured on the Northern Kentucky Spotlight podcast, or if you're someone who's interested in joining the Northern Kentucky Chamber of Commerce, please reach out to Lynn Ablin. You can find her contact information on the screen in front of you or at our staff directory at nkychamber.com. Thanks again for tuning in, guys. I'll talk to you next week.